Hello and welcome to a Reverend Testimony brought to you by Netroots Radio, the political podcast by informed millennial and Gen X types from left wing perspective. It's Saturday, July 28th, 2018. I am Travis. I'm Rachel. And thank you. See you next week. <laughs> There's really nothing to talk about, right? No, I guess not much happened this week. I mean, I feel really disconnected from the news this week because new job and stuff. So mm-hmm. like I've had to brief you every day. Yeah. Like like, last week. Yeah, exactly. Like last week I get to find things out. Well, um, there are tapes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, okay. Again, this being a weekly show, I got to search for <laughs> my memory and think when was it last week that the tape was released with Cohen talking about making a hush money payment? And Trump saying, how about cash? You know, or saying cash. And and Michael Cohen, no, 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 Like 85 times saying no. I don't remember. Maybe that was this week. But anyway, so a tape was released, we think, by Trump's team. No, we know for sure now by Trump's team. They waived attorney-client privilege. Because what I was really concerned about was... I think we did talk about this last yeah, week. Yeah, a little My bit. My concern was that no one should have heard that tape um, between an attorney and their client. Well, nobody would have and, unless and the, then the client waves privilege. I dug into it, yeah. and that's correct. Yeah. And the only way that that could have happened was if the client says, I want this to not be privileged anymore. Uh-huh. Um, and then Giuliani said, you yeah, know, we did that. Because he's just the best lawyer ever. <laughs> and released, uh, yeah. allowed for the release of a tape, which shows that his client is talking about paying off a mistress, I guess. I hate that term, but like a mistress of his client. Uh-huh. Um, I, 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 look, I surrounded by lawyers and I'm I'm really struggling with why they would do that. I, I think I know why. I, I think it's just sort of this basic idea of that this stuff, even though it's privileged, it'll still come up in discovery at some point. No. So like attorney client privilege is ironclad. But if they're investigating if they're investigating Doesn't this matter, matter criminally Doesn't specifically. Ma- exactly, especially criminally. Attorney client privilege is ironclad. So the only reason to do it from the attorneys that I've spoken to mm-hmm. is as a way of like getting out in front of that's, it maybe. Yeah, that's what or like because like the recording itself would be privileged and would not be able to be released by but anybody. The contents of the conversation they could <clears throat> but, testify to it. But it's possible that someone could, right, like testify or like not, they can't. So not even that. Like I don't, there really is no reason is the thing. There really is no reason. Well, Unless anyway. it's just like smoke and mirrors. Like yeah, this well, doesn't matter as much as something else that's about to come out. So we want to yeah. like take the news cycle in a, but it's in a, such a bad way that like I just, it doesn't make, I can't, I have not. Well then Giuliani find, tried. I, I haven't found one attorney yet who's been like, this was a good idea. And then Giuliani tried to gaslight everybody to what we actually heard on the tape, right? Yeah. Cause it's yeah. like, everybody's like, oh, 
Trump, Michael Cohen brings up his payment and Trump says cash. And then Michael Cohen says, no, no. And then Giuliani was like, no, no, no. What you're actually hearing is Cohen suggesting cash and Trump saying Trump no. Trump saying and it's that like, we should write a check so there's a record uh, well, of it. And it's like, that's not what the tape says. Though. Yeah. That's not what we can we're literally hear listening. What's like, happening. don't tell me that what I'm listening to is not what I'm hearing. That's, that's the gaslighting. Game. That's the game they're playing. Right. Yeah. So the question then becomes, um, how many more tapes are there? There's tons. I, I mean, think he's think he taped right? everybody all the time. I yeah. think that was his insurance policy that he knew it was a bunch of shady shit happening and he wanted he wants evidence that like it wasn't my idea. Yeah. Like it well, I wasn't the, <laughs> the the ringleader of the nefarious shit. I was trying to be kind of above board, although I was being counsel to my lost clients, lost but- in all of this is that a we're talking about a, a hush money payment weeks before the election of a mistress, which used to be a big deal once upon a time. Right. And secondly, right. is probably an illegal campaign contribution. Correct. So, I, and, that, and that might be part of the game is that Giuliani's thinking we release this and we get everybody talking with a back and forth over who suggested cash and who suggested check and all these idiot TV talking heads will debate that ad nauseum and nobody will actually talk about the fact that we have an illegal campaign contribution to pay off a mistress, <laughs> a former Playboy bunny, and who was in that the respect, president. he was right. It worked. I mean, no one's talking about it because it, we're we're not at a point anymore where that matters. Yeah. Like with our very like democracy at stake, stuff like whether he banged a Playboy bunny seems very mild, and who cares? Because there are so many other things that he's doing to like undermine. Yeah, but again, again, that's to us. But for decades and decades and decades, we got beat over the head with, you know, the morality police and Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. silent majority and the family values people. I know. And And these are the same people, the very same. The same exact people. The exact same, very same people who would like this to go away. Yeah. And, you know, when you talk to them about it, they're not like, I love that he banged a porn star. They're just like, well, that was a long time ago. And like, yes, he was married, but like he's Trump. But it's bullshit because the next Democratic politician that gets caught, you know, uh, Twittering, Twitter messaging their 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 wiener or, you know, Mm -hmm. banging an escort like they'll be up in arms again. And, And we'll go through this whole exercise again where it's supposed to matter and we're supposed to care. Like, I don't know. I, I, I have a feeling no, that like, no. <clears throat> look at Harvey Weinstein. Like, okay, we're not talking about sexual assault. No, but it's all in the same paradigm of shit. Conservatives pretend to care about and use as a political cudgel and they don't really care. And, and they don't, whether it's sexual harassment, whether it's rape, whether it's just being a lecherous, gross person, whether it's the deficit, like, it's all to me. It's all in the same spectrum of bullshit, and the media still takes the bait. Is what drives me crazy. And and I but think- I don't want to talk about the media. I want to talk about the right. I want to talk about sure that because I think you're right. Right, like we've been able to see through their messaging for a long of time. Course, of course, that like. You don't care about human life. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously. Right? Like, pro-life doesn't actually mean that. No, please. Um, And, like, you know, like, a lot of the messaging that has been coming through, though, is really effective. But it's also really easy to see through if you look at it critically for one second. Yeah, for us. I think for most people, 
if they were had the space to look at it critically would agree that like you know you can't be pro-life and then like also like anti-adoption right but you know I, I hope that's still the case but what i'm what i'm saying is for years and years you had this argument that the the right and the republicans were the with the party and movement of value quote values right. and i Family think it was values. it was easy for people who maybe kind of in the middle and weren't very partisan to be like, well, I believe in values. Family values. Right? Yeah. Family values are important. You shouldn't cheat and on like, your wife. I'm married and I have yeah, kids yeah, and like, yeah. I don't want my husband to cheat on right, me and exactly. I don't want like, you know, like gay people. I'm not gay. So right. like maybe they're bad. I don't really know. Probably. Right, right. It seems not like me. So it's different. So it's probably bad. That's why that message resonated for so long, is my point. Right. And we always knew it was false. Of course. Because it, it, it is so hypocritical in so many ways. But I think at this point, like, we're at this stage of um, a state failing that stuff like that doesn't matter anymore to a degree that, like, what we're arguing about in this Trump, Cohen, Karen McDougal thing isn't about whether, like, the morality of the presidency has been tested. It's about whether or not a law was broken because we have moved, like the norms have been dissolved and the needle has been moved so far that like, I, I don't, I really don't know that even if a democratic politician had a mistress at this point, it would matter because um, we're, we're not doing uh, that anymore. Naive. I, I think you do are. not call me naive. I said, I said, I think you are being naive. I think that, they might try to do that and that it would go over like a ton of bricks. Uh, okay. Uh, because we're not in that place anymore. I want you we're to. We're not in a place where norms matter. We're in a place where we're worried about whether or not no, the president no. of the United States is has criminally conspired with another government. Norms don't matter to them. We are still expected to follow norms. The left, the Democratic Party, well, the progressives. Well, we hold ourselves to a higher standard not, than they not, do. Not just us. Not just us. Middle America and the media and it, it is mean, not hear, the same thing. I hear you. But I just have this feeling that Trump has so disrupted the norm of what politics mean and what governance means and what like the whole political system means just for just for them i don't for think us. so i don't think so okay let, I me, disagree. Let, let me let me create a hypothetical scenario sure okay it's 2020 and your front runners are two of the four front runners are cory booker and joe biden and i'm just sort of pulling their names out of a hat but maybe they're not, definitely gonna run of. for sure okay yeah right? but but right. Let, let's say it is revealed that Joe Biden had a mistress in 1987. Like it, it, a lady comes out on Fox News that said, yeah, I was Joe Biden's mistress. Okay. They're going to pretend to would care. Would anyone be surprised? Well, no. But Except hold people on. that know him. Hold on. he really loves his wife, apparently. Just so cute. Excuse me? You can't love your wife and have a mistress? <laughs> I don't like that word. Have another partner? Have another partner, but that would be a different conversation, wouldn't it? Uh, oh, I, no, you think the country's ready for that conversation? <laughs> I don't know. No, no, they're definitely not. No. Like, no. But hold on a second. Um, Fox, Hannity breathlessly has on some lady that, that says she was 
Joe Biden's mistress in 1987. Fox News is going to pretend to care. And do you think CNN and MSNBC are just going to sit on it and not report it breathlessly? We're going to pretend to care that matters again. Because, because for though? us, there are still rules and there are still norms. For them, there are not. It's like when you play, like, uh, I don't know if you can relate to this, but when you were a kid, did you, like, play against your little brother, Monopoly, mm-hmm. and you tried to follow the rules, but he just refused to? But the only way you could play the game is if you followed their rules, and their rules, they didn't have any rules, and it didn't make sense? Um, I was sort of the person who was like, these rules are nonsense. Okay, but whatever. But the right. po- point is, you so get what I'm this, saying, right? Do, right. That's yes. the reality we're living in. We okay. still have rules. But- Okay. I'm telling you, you're, I, 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 Hold on though. I hope you're right, Rachel. I just think you're wrong. That's okay. But let me explain. Fox News is going to be Fox News. That's like saying Alec Jones is going to come around. Well, and I'm just saying something. it'll no, break on Fox finish. News. Alex Jones can say crazy fucking bullshit and some people believe him and they're going to believe him no matter what he says. And that's just the reality of the world that we live in. Secondarily... I believe that CNN, maybe, MSNBC, certainly, will report on that because it's newsworthy. And also, remember that the president paid off a porn star and attempted to pay off a Playboy bunny while he was married. And I think they will bring that up over and over and over and over again. Because sure, but it, but it doesn't matter. Not, not Your argument is that it matters that we have rules on our side, but they don't have rules. And the media is right. not going to cover it that way. My argument is that maybe that's true and we'll be held to a higher standard. But the media is going to report. They're going to they're going to go back and say, this is hypocritical. <laughs> Why are we reporting on this as though it's more sensational than the literal president of the United States paying hush money to porn stars and Playboy bunnies for affairs. You know, it's even worse than that, They're, Rachel. No, I would like you to respond to that. You think that Rachel Maddow is going to forget that Donald Trump did this? Of and course just not. Report that, like, oh, Joe Biden's a garbage person because he had a mistress. Sure, but what's your dad going to say when he sees that report? He's going to say but your argument was about the media. Uh, well, okay. my argument is that the media is going to cover it, but they're going to remember this. Maybe they're going to remember this and they're going to bring it back up. And if there is a scandal like this, the media is going to be have finally the opportunity to make people care because they're going to be they're going to be able to say if you care about this you have to care about that other thing too no you know what the media is going to say see he's just like trump both sides that's what they're going to fucking do (laughs) it's i know i sound so like cartoonishly cynical but like I've I've seen this happen over and over. They're not going to hold these two men to, they're going to hold them to different standards because that's true. But I'm, I'm telling you from my opinion, they're going to remember, they're going to remember this and they weren't really able to talk about it because so much other shit was going on. But if it comes out on the other side, it's going to be a shit storm for him. It's already like, that's the thing though. Remember, like we say this doesn't matter, but this Stormy Daniels story, if it didn't matter, should have been gone six months ago. It should have not mattered a long time ago. People (laughs) do care. And because the way he's trying to fight it, her attorney is really fucking smart and she's really fucking smart. And they keep 
trolling the news and they he knows how to use the media mm-hmm. um like to say like oh i'm gonna represent michael cohen which like he could never do ethically right no he's but he can say whatever he nerves. wants because he wants to keep the they're, like they're smart over there mm-hmm. they're smart well let's pivot real quick for, we'll get back to the cohen tape stuff but let's pivot real quick to something else that was revealed in the news this week remember stormy daniels was arrested uh in ohio no, I, I don't know. Yeah, this was this. a week or so ago doing a show for for violating some rule where like one of the patrons, I guess, touched her boob or something. Mm. And then that's illegal or, <laughs> you know, and, you know, she bonded out right away. You can see my face and, right now. But, but here's the thing, Rachel. It turned out it was a setup that mm. the Columbus police got together and set her up to, to make a point. And now it's being investigated. To assault a sex worker and make it her fault as a setup. Yeah. What the fuck are the laws in Ohio doing right now? Uh, I don't know, but boy, Avenatti is excited about going after them. I can tell you that much. I don't even know, like... That's got very little coverage, but... That happened. Someone assaulted... They have emails and texts and all the things. A sex worker and it's her fault? Basically. Of course it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Can we just talk really quickly about, like, how fucked up it is that, like, sex is a perfectly legal thing to do with whomever Mm -hmm. you want to do it as long as it's consensual, even sometimes when it's not, which we can get to Brock Turner in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, And to George Carlin's point, like, paying for things is legal. Right. But, like, paying for sex is not. Right. I just never can reconcile that. Yeah. Just never can do it. Just never can reconcile. The defenders of sex criminality always go to the... Paternalization of women and how they're trying to protect us. Yes. 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 And the broader theme of pimps and how nobody chooses to do that and and women are exploited. And it's, it's true. Women are exploited. They are trafficked. That's a horrible thing. Yep. But these are these are two different things yes um but we can get into that a little bit yeah i think that was people's initial thing with that was just like oh stupid cops being puritanical because they've done shit like that in florida too a lot you know they've raided bust clubs that are supposed to be topless only and and one of the dancers takes off her pants and then the swat team has to roll in because god forbid like adults have you know see a bush i mean it's just so ridiculous yeah, there are rules in texas i know from a person that i know that used to um strip in texas that like back in the day like uh they were forbidden from giving a lamp dance to a woman so if they wanted to give a lap dance to a woman, there so had to be stupid. a man present sitting next to them. Can't you just see like the, the, the John Cornyn, Blake Farenthold types like sitting down and writing that law? Writing that law. And like there had to be pasties, which if you don't know what pasties are, they're the things that cover your nipples. Yeah. Because nipples yeah. are so obscene. Like in the old USO shows, right? No, literally this was a law in I, Texas I know. in the 1990s I know. where you had to have a pasty on. Like you could be topless. It was a literal strip club. Just can't show the nipples. But like those nipples are so obscene. <laughs> the life giving breastfeeding ability of nipples are so obscene only on women. Right. That right. like men can show them everywhere. Right. And like I remember having this um, conversation with my conservative friend back in the day when she worked at the firm that I used to work at about free the nipple. Mm-hmm. This movement. Right. Mm-hmm. About like it's you have nipples, Travis. 
Last I checked, yeah. And I have them. Yeah, last, last I checked checks, that too. Right? And so they're the same. Uh, right? Yours don't produce milk. Mine don't either. Um, but if more I were, or less than the same, yeah. Right, right. If I were to walk around with my top off mowing the lawn, I could get arrested. In this neighborhood, definitely. For sure, they already, <laughs> yes. If you were to do that, it would be just like a dude mowing the lawn. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well so done. this whole Free the Nipple campaign was around <clears throat> the idea that like it violates like Title IX. Like it violates like, this <laughs> idea that like women are being discriminated against yes. based on their sex. Right. Because these are the exact same body parts. Yes. It would be like if I was required to cover my arm. Right, right, right. And you were not. Well, because I'm a woman would. and right. Well, that's because I have a tattoo. That's a different story. But like right. if I was required to like cover my arm, but you were not yeah, because I was like a woman. Puritanical Because I right. had an arm and you have an arm and our arms are not the same, but they're similar. Right. Mm-hmm. And so the argument wasn't about like and the legal argument's really interesting. It's it's um, either all nipples are illegal or all nipples aren't illegal. Right. Sure. I mean, it's not a sex thing. It's not. Uh, a sex it's it's not about that it's about you know discrimination based on sex under the law and it's a man to start jogging face, in sports bras yes either you have to cover your nipples or I don't yeah but we have to be equal under the law yes and that's it and right. when I was explaining this to this person she was like if I ever saw a woman in front of my man with her tits out blah 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 and I explained it to her this way, and she was a legal secretary, so <clears throat> I explained it to her that way, and she was like, shit. <laughs> well, then everybody has to cover their nipples. Okay. And I was like, do you want to live in a world where the government tells men to cover their nipples? Do you want to do that? Like, everyone has to cover their nipples because you're afraid that your husband's going to, like, what? Look at a nipple? Like, he has a phone. <laughs> he can look at a nipple anytime he wants that's not yours. Yeah, and he does frequently. I'm sure of it. Um, but, like, is that the world you want to live in? Conservative, limited government person. And she was like, yes. Okay. Yes, I would rather live in a world where nobody showed any nipple ever than let women walk around topless. Okay. And I was like, okay. Well, well that's fine. But fix fix it one way or the other because... It is on its face sex discrimination to mm-hmm. have women not have to, you know, be able to walk around topless. Yeah. We got way off track here. Sorry about that. Did we? I think so. I don't know. Anyway, so <laughs> where the hell were we? We're talking about uh, sex workers and, and yeah. strippers and Michael Cohen and and. Well, here's the latest. Here's the latest thing with Cohen, right? Uh, so uh, the tape after all the tape stuff, then Cohen or it leaked somehow that Cohen was ready to cooperate or he was planning to tell prosecutors, whether that's special counsel or the SDNY, we don't know, Mm -hmm. that Trump knew about the Trump Tower meeting, which we all obviously know he knew about. He knew about, right. Uh, But he says he he knows that, and it's not clear whether he has proof, whether he just has testimony. So Rudy Giuliani (laughs) immediately goes out. And goes, well, this guy's a liar. He's been lying for years. And I'm just like, that's awesome. You, you're going out there and saying that, that Trump's attorney who has been being his fixer and his attorney for years has been lying the whole time. It's like, okay, (laughs) great. Right. 
And the thing, the fun thing, which about, is which is correct. Well, yes. I mean, Giuliani's not lying <laughs> no, in this case. It, 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 yeah, he's being it's misleading. Really, he's but... a really bad lawyer, by the way. He's a really, really, really well, bad, he's, really, he's, really, really, really bad lawyer. He, really bad lawyer. He thinks he's really good. <coughs> he's got name recognition, and other people have. I don't know. He's a really bad lawyer. But yeah. what's really interesting about that idea that like Cohen would say Trump knew about the. Trump Jr. meetings with the Russian uh-huh. lawyer. And, and with Manafort was there right. and all kinds right? of... Right, Like, Trump knew about that. Yeah. Like, well, we already know there are some tapes. So, are there tapes of, like, Trump providing guidance about how that meeting should go? Are there tapes about him saying, oh, definitely do that. Let's get her. Lock her up. Mm, pro- are there, probably are there not. And I would say probably are, not. Those would be privileged unless the only exception to that would be that Cohen was complicit in like if Trump and Cohen were planning the meeting yeah, together, right? And planning what to tell people to say or do, then that would be Cohen committing a crime, yeah, which does not covered under attorney-client privilege, right. in which case those tapes could be permissible. Uh, yeah. So that's a real question. Like, if, if he it taped is. every conversation he had, which it seems like is likely, uh-huh. um, then whether or not that conversation that he claims... The fact that he came publicly out with saying that Trump knew makes me believe that there's probably a tape to prove that because he's an attorney. That's what I thought too, and but who knows? If there is, the only way that he would that that tape would be able to be made public or made available even to the special counsel would be if um, the contents of that tape uh, implicated Michael Cohen in a crime. And the only reason he would tell anyone that that existed would be if he had flipped. Right, taken a deal and said, like, I want immunity, and so I'm going to tell you everything. Um, Yeah, why else would he he leak to the press that he was going to do that? That he was aware of criminal activities of his client prior to them happening, because that implicates him as well (laughs) in the crime. I saw a funny tweet the other day from Fox. Fox News was like, Michael Cohen's going to have serious problems in the future with with the New York bar. Okay, he's no, <laughs> no. Michael Cohen's not going to be a lawyer after this. His bar card is gone. <laughs> yeah, he's that's done. the least of his problems. It's the very least of his it was, problems. It was just funny seeing that. Anyway, uh, back to what you were saying. I seriously doubt there's, there's tapes of Trump um, sort of organizing and orchestrating. That's really not his style. It's more his style to say, that sounds good. Go take care of it, Fixer. Go take care of it, you know, Junior. Go take care of it, Paul. Um, th- that's that's his thing. He doesn't have the attention span to orchestrate stuff like that, but he could certainly say know. yes. I think that there's a possibility that, not that he's orchestrating it, but that he and Cohen were on the phone and, um, and talking Cohen, about yeah. what... What is the goal? What what are we talking? I mean, that also seems unlikely given the current state of like diplomacy in this country that he like has no plan for any of it. But I think it's possible because it's considering like himself and his campaign and his beating Hillary that. Well, Cohen called him and said, hey, this fucking Russian lady called us, whoever that is, wants to set up a meeting in Trump Tower with somebody. And Trump's like, send Donnie. You know, mm-hmm. send Junior over. Send Junior and Manafort. And Manafort. And, and find out what them, they got. Tell them to find out what they got. Yeah. You know? And like, maybe and, and on again, the tape, there's like, and again, it, hey, you know, Vlad or whatever told me that she's legit. 
I mean, who knows what's on the tape? Sure, right? if there is a tape. But if but, there's a tape. But again, it, I'm really glad you brought up that scenario because we, what we just speculated on is not the works of an evil genius. No. And again, this is what right. drove me crazy. A right. couple months ago, you had Blake right. Hounsel from Politico and these other people saying, I'm really skeptical of this Russia collusion thing because this campaign was so disorganized. And he just, it's like, no, it doesn't take a criminal mastermind no. to say, okay, I'll do the treason. Right. It's like, no, no, no. It's what we've been saying on this podcast for a long time is that, um, the things he was able to get away with as a private business person and a private individual were extraordinary mm -hmm. and he was protected by money and yes. the Russian mob and probably a lot of other things. And he just assumed that that was the way everything worked and coming into public office and having there be like rules that actually get followed. And if Sometimes. they're not followed, it's criminal and people follow up on that yeah. is really shocking to the system. I think for the Trump organization, yes. they don't, that's like, well, no, of I'm allowed to have a meeting with whoever I want to have a meeting with. Right. That's like, <laughs> that's the like, but they're, they're still saying that. And, right. And, and but it's, but like they believe that and they believed it at the time. And yeah. so like, there is a thing that's problematic about that in terms of intent. Did he intend to break the law? That's he, the problem. And the right? Ignorance of the law is not an excuse for breaking it. Right. You can still, get no, convicted. no, but if you're going to prove collusion, if you're going to prove collusion, and I do yes. think that's a problem that we have is that, I think he's so used to this business world, dog eat dog, shark tank sort of thing that he's like, of course you can have a meeting with whoever you want. And it's not breaking the law to get like, you know, oppo. Yeah. Right. Even if it's from a Russian at the direction of a foreign government. Well, even insider like, traders right? try that defense. Right. Right. I mean, it doesn't it's the same always thing. work. It doesn't always work, but sometimes it does. And he's seen enough of his friends yeah. get away with this shit. Oh, I just got some advice. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't ask know. for it. I, I didn't, didn't know what it meant. I didn't know. I didn't. Well, Russian. Who cares? And I, and I just happened to short. You Lots know, of all people the stuff. are Russians and Ukrainians and Mexicans, and I didn't care where she came from. You know, I mean, there's this like, he can play the dumb card, the ignorant card. And Michael Cohen understands that. Like, he's not a genius, but he he knows that Mueller is trying to prove intent. He knows that much. Yeah. <laughs> he understands the law to that degree. So if he if he thinks he has something that's valuable, then he would have to prove intent. Yes. And, and I think it would have to be more than, uh, yeah, I was there and I heard it. Like, you're going to need it's more than be his like, testimony. It's going to be like, you know. He's going to have to have a, tra a paper trail or a trail of events or something that's more compelling than, yeah, yeah, I know that he knew and we talked about it. Like, it's, he's going to need more than that. Agreed. I think so. Yeah. I think so. And again, it would be privileged and would not be able to be released unless Cohen was complicit in the act of a crime, in which case it would only be then revealed. It could be revealed by anybody, but he would have to have had immunity by that point. Well, we forget about that it. part, right? Is that the only reason Cohen is in this situation is because he was raided by the FBI and mm -hmm. there's a boatload of charges coming down. And, and with the things he's talking about, you have to think some of that is related to Trump. Now, yeah. some people assume like it's his taxi medallion business and it might be stuff completely unrelated to the campaign. And it's like, I think that's pretty unlikely. Well, I think, porque no los dos, right? Why not yeah. both? I think, sure. I think. He's in a lot of trouble for money laundering for Russians through his taxi medallion business. Mm -hmm. And I think they are willing to 
look away from that and or give him some immunity on that if he's willing to give up the other things that he the other crimes he committed via his relationship with Donald Trump. Well, that, think, uh, again, you know, you can go to jail for the next 40 years for tax evasion and money laundering with a foreign government or you cannot do that. <laughs> and you can tell us everything you know about your client. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the things that are not the, the, the crimes that you were complicit in committing with your client. Right. Um, so I think it's probably both is my is my estimation well again the the media and everybody else we keep doing this thing where we forget that all we can report on is what we know but again it's like when when you're when you're playing peekaboo with a two-year-old and you hide your face and they think you disappeared that you don't exist anymore Mm -hmm. like or actually they hide their face and they think you can't see them exactly but Mm -hmm. the point is like um there's a ton we don't know. And just because we don't know it and can't see it doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right. So like and this is the frustration among a lot of people who yes. are not politically savvy, but are mad or savvy like, about the law. Right. And how com- very complex investigations work. Right. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of people have become more engaged after Trump was president because uh-huh. they were like, how the fuck did this happen? Like I didn't vote. And now like what is happening? Donald Trump is my president. This is awful. And like they've become more engaged but their engagement isn't um, doesn't have any history to it, and so they they get really frustrated. There was a lady I used to work with at the firm who, yeah, she, I know, really just, frustrated, right? Like, just why, is why he, isn't why isn't why 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 yeah. why? And it's like, look, <laughs> this is all takes a long time, and it's very complicated, and there will be a resolution to this. At some and Mueller point. knows way more than we do. Like in the whole nexus right. of every Cohen, single article that Trump, you read says Mueller's team has declined to comment every time in every article in every source every time. Yeah, he's not he doesn't give a shit about the media right now. He's doing an investigation and per like the FBI, you don't comment on current investigations. And yes. some of the leaks may be coming from his team. I think that's probably true. However, not at his, you know direction i just think sometimes people just can't keep their fucking mouth shut when things are like really boiling over um but also like the the things that Mueller knows versus the things that we know could probably fill the grand canyon at this point sure you know yeah like he knows a lot but and and when, you and, don't try the president for treason unless you have a fucking open and shut fucking case. That's and, and, just the way it is. And when it gets reported in the news, it means he probably knew about it four months ago. Yeah. Right. We're just finding out about it because some staffer finally got drunk at some fucking bullshit <laughs> D.C. party and was like, oh, my God, Donald Trump knew. <laughs> and then puked and forgot about it. And somebody was like, I'm writing this down. Right. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like it's yeah, like. You, you don't try the president for treason with like scraps. And some of that is the wishful thinking game, right? Which is mostly like the Trump people online or Mm -hmm. on Fox news. They're Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, he hasn't found any evidence yet. He's got nothing. All this. He's not even being investigated. Yeah. (laughs) Which like all this time, this investigation and Mueller's got nothing. And it's like, and then the the media is like, well, he hasn't done anything happened yet. And they get this like butthurt face about like, well, he's not talking to us. So I guess I'm going (laughs) to shit talk him. And it's like, just stop. Yeah. Stop. We all know that he knows literally 
like I said, the Grand Canyon size amount of things that we don't know. So the, yeah. And we're not going to find out until he's goddamn ready. No. And, and we have to wait till he's goddamn yeah, ready. And we have and no idea when that's going to be. No. Could be weeks, yeah, months. Could be years. Yeah. I don't know. Doubt it'll be years, but it's going to be a while. Or I imagine it could be tomorrow. That, it could be like, a, like like a bombshell tomorrow. It, we don't know. We don't know. It's like we talked about last week. Like, it's not just one thing. Because no. then somebody comes to him and says, like, yo, Bob. Look at this. I found this thing, which is not directly related, but it's, like, totally a crime. Mm-hmm. That I, and he's like, <laughs> go look into it. Here's five more people. Mm-hmm. I'm going to hire this guy. Like, the hiring process was really illuminating. Yeah. And it, he, the yeah. financial crime people mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. money people laundering People he was pulling from Big and- Law and, like, from places the specific people he was hiring was like our best look into what they're investigating. And there hasn't been a lot of news on that front lately. So I think they've got their team in place and I think they're just finishing that investigation. And when you bring those people in, it's very unlikely they're going to turn around and say, we didn't find anything. Bye. No, no. They already (laughs) knew there was something. I need you to go prove it. Yes. You don't hire all those people. I need you to prove it. That's what jobs of lawyers do. Right. They they then go, here's all the breadcrumbs that lead up to this giant fucking gingerbread house. Yes. And here's here's the house. And again. OK, so two points of emphasis again, like we, we don't know where this is leading. We're not saying this is all going to lead to Donald Trump being hauled off in handcuffs. We, no, we don't know where that's probably leading. not. No. But like we still play this game that the media does like. Maybe he'll come up with nothing. It's like we're no. so past that. We're so past that. Like, yes. <laughs> we don't know what it is. No, but we don't know the extent of everything. But most importantly, we don't know what Mueller can prove. Because right. again, it's about what can be proven. Right. Like, and somebody like Mueller is not like one of these fucking vigilante bullshit DAs out of a municipal court who just says like, no, and he's not- I don't know. The cop says you fucking stole it, so you stole it. And then the, then they they take it to court and they lose, right? No, like, and he's not, not he's not Ken Starr. Not he's not this political animal spotlight no. lover. He's totally different animal. He's a he's a serious person doing a serious job, and he's taking it seriously, I believe. And he is doing what he can to prove what he can, and the things he can't prove, we might not ever know. No. But the things he can prove is the things that we'll find out. Yes, that's not going to be the Star Report about fucking jizz on a dress and shit like it's gonna be like it's gonna be extraordinarily detailed and and it's gonna be chock full of facts and evidence and it's gonna be not breadcrumbs but a gingerbread and this and again this is why like it it may seem stupid but there's a method to the madness when you have noons and trey gaudium jim jordan trying to undercut the whole investigation by saying uh-huh. it's all biased yeah. because they, they know what, what's going to come down the pike is going to mm-hmm. be so packed with hard evidence and facts. Their only chance yeah. is to try to it's say t- it's all tainted from the it's start all tainted because from the start they were because all biased. This, yeah. Because this stupid report thing is what started all this that the Democrats paid for. And so everything that comes out of it, right, it's, it's, it's uh, fruit from the poisonous tree, Yes, which is a legal thing. That we talk about. Like, if you do a motion to suppress evidence hearing before a trial, the point of that is to say the evidence that the law enforcement agency is presenting shouldn't be admissible. Yeah, not that, that doesn't work not, with the special process. Not that it's not evidence, because it is. But the way that the evidence was obtained is illegal. Right. And we're going to see that when this Mueller report comes out. We're going to see this idea that 
the fruit from the poisonous tree, that this entire investigation, whether or not it contains facts, whether or not everything is clear and broken down in a way that is obviously true, that the way that the evidence was obtained and the very like nature of the special counsel itself is tainted and therefore none of it can be believed. Right. It's the only chance they have because they know that he's going to come down the pike with so much raining shit down. He's going to raise the goddamn building to the ground. Mm-hmm. And the only chance they have is to say, maybe that's true or maybe it's not, but we don't know. Because it's tainted from the, from the beginning, so we can never know if it's there, true. Because there was bias and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah, whatever. And that's mm-hmm. starting to crumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, we can get into that, some of the things that happened this week. There was... Some more Carter Page news. There was more of the. Did Ugh. we talk about the, fi- the parts of the FISA application that were released? Um, it, it basically undercut the whole Noon's argument that they only used the Steele dossier and it wasn't disclosed what the Steele dossier was. It was like it's plainly in the FISA application yeah. that the Steele dossier was up a research. And they even made a footnote that please keep in mind that because this is oppo research, that you know there could be inherent bias in it. With that said, here's what Here it says. Here are facts. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. So there's, I mean, like, like that, that's the, the frustrating na- nature of where we are right now is that we've lost sight of the fact that facts are facts. That's right. Yeah. And like, I can have an inherent bias. I can say, I fucking hate Donald Trump. And but here's a photo he's of him. also <laughs> six feet tall. Yeah. And like me hating him does not mean that me saying he's six feet tall is untrue. Right. That's still true. Even if I hate him. If I say he's six feet tall and a piece of shit, you can be like, all right, let's you take the piece prove, of shit part about that. If you get sued for libel, then you have to prove he's in a, a court of law shit, Which I feel like would shit. be really easy to do. <laughs> but... <laughs> But the point is, like, like the fact yeah. that he's six feet tall is still a fact, yeah, whether but the, or not the, the, I have bias or not. That's not even a point of contention for the the newness argument anymore, because it's it's <laughs> with the release of the this newly released parts of this FISA app, which the intelligence community fought against because they don't want anybody to know what's in what FISA, it, what it no, looks like. No, but now a lot of people do anyway, and now. Uh, in the FISA doc, it's it's really clear that all of that was bullshit. Yeah. But they're still arguing it because we're, we're post-fact now. We are now. That's right. Yeah. And that's like one of the like steps like we were talking about with Molly. When you get to a place in a failing or failed state, one of the things, one of the steps that people, historians will tell you is that you live in a post-fact era mm-hmm. when facts don't matter because ideology has taken over. Right. And we are there. We are there. And the Mueller investigation, I think, will be a historical milestone for our country, and I hope that it brings some sense of order back. But I think we should all be prepared for the idea that no matter what it says, no matter how clear it is, no matter how much evidence he provides, um, we may be too late. It may be in a place where that doesn't matter anymore. Because mm-hmm. we can argue about whether facts are facts or not. Because yeah. we're already doing that. And that's part of that authoritarian state is saying facts aren't necessarily facts. And that's planned. This is not checkers. This is chess. Yeah. This post-fact era was intended. And, and sometimes they're obvious this. and ham-fisted about it. Like when Kellyanne Conway says there are some the alternative facts. Right. But like, most of the time, a lot of this 
up and coming, like all of this like momentum about fake news and alternative facts mm-hmm. and like the news media is broken and this investigation is tainted is a lead up to after Mueller releases his investigation and the details and possible indictments, um, they just say it's fake news. And then half the country believes it and half of it doesn't. And so that's something we also have to be prepared for, is that no matter what happens with Mueller and whatever he finds, like those of us who read it thoughtfully will know what happened, but it might not matter. No, even more frustrating, it'll be like 25% of the country Let's say it's fake news and 75% of the country will know it's real. But when you uh, extrapolate those numbers to who shows up and votes, it is closer to 50-50, which is even more maddening. Anyway, uh, on that note, we are going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. to a reverend testimony uh we were talking about cohen and all that crap and uh, i guess we'll move on yeah from there uh last night there was a deadline to reunite something like 2000 something uh kids Mm -hmm. it's it's become very complicated and Mm -hmm. very uh nuanced nuanced and and the media's getting it wrong having trouble getting it right but it turns out a lot of those kids' parents got deported already, so yep. the kids are just Seven, here I think by themselves. Of them got deported. Yeah, which how how does that work? Well, and, there's a a lot of these folks um, signed agreements that they didn't understand. Yes, that said that their kids could stay in the states and seek asylum, but they would have to be deported, and they signed those agreements without understanding what they meant, and so. You know, we give NPR a lot of shit. Oh, yeah. But they've been doing, at least our local Colorado Public Radio station, Mm -hmm. has been doing a lot of coverage about Japanese internment camps because there were some right here in our state. Uh, There was a big one in Colorado. And they've been doing a lot of stories, interviewing people who were in the camps when they were kids and... um, because that was a long time ago. George a lot of Takei them, was in a, that's in right. a term to camp. That's right. And I feel like that's NPR's way of being subversive, of be, of saying, you know, this is happening still. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, I wish that they could come out and say it more... Directly? Mm-hmm. Succinctly? Mm-hmm. But they don't do that. So they just do these stories about Japanese internment camps and what it was like and why it was happening. And yeah. it's, you know, <clears throat> intended for the NPR listener to uh, put together the pieces, which uh, is frustrating, but I appreciate their effort in doing that because yeah. there's been, you know, when they were interviewing this person who went into the camps at 11 mm-hmm. um, and came out at, I think 14, he was talking about like just, 
you know, what that was like. And that didn't even involve family separation. Right. He was with his parents. No, they kept the families together for the right. most part. As far right. As and then they had this conversation about like, what would it have been like if you were there without your parents? Yeah. And he was like, I don't even, can't even imagine the trauma that that would have created. Of course. Of course. I mean, I'm already not in my house. I already don't have my stuff. I'm not with my friends. I'm not at school. And then if I didn't have my parents, I'm just surrounded by kids I didn't know in a prison because that's what it is. Yeah. To his estimation, it's a prison. I'm like, I sort of can't imagine the trauma that could happen. So I think to their credit, NPR has done some good work on that. Um, but yeah, so the deadline's been passed. So now what do you do? Do you hold Nielsen and Azar in contempt? I mean, by the letter of the law, you could, and yes. maybe you should. And should. Yes. But they won't. That's right. a pretty extreme measure. Right. And it, the the optics of that would be difficult. Uh, but Why? I, oh, if not for us, it certainly would get people's attention. Somebody's in contempt of court right now. Who is it? It's Let's find out. Nielsen and Azar. Okay. Then hold them in contempt of court. I mean And then if their defense is that <laughs> If we're just going to just we're just going to break down the rule of law entirely and say that when a court orders something and you don't comply with it, it doesn't matter, then we're way further down the line of things that matter um, than we thought. Well, that's what right? they're, that's what they're Sorry, trying to do. It's happening and I don't know why because it was supposed to be on silent. Stop. Well, that's what they're trying to do. And um yeah, and, and they keep asking for more delays, and the judge keeps denying them. And right, um, because the judge has a vested interest in having these families be reunited. Yeah, and so does the like constitution. And so, being outside of that is being outside of the rule of law. And if we're going to say that's okay, and if the judge isn't going to say here's a continuation or an extension of that ruling then what we're saying is you can violate a judge's ruling and nothing will happen. And then we're like way down the fucking rabbit hole of authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. When we start to break down the judicial branch of our government, that's one of the, the three right co-equal branches of government. And when we say that one of them doesn't have any power, that's dangerous. Yeah. It's really dangerous, particularly because the judicial branch of government is supposed to keep the other two branches in check. Like they're all supposed to keep each other in check, but the judicial judicial branch in particular, it's supposed to be able to say, you know, hey, executive branch or hey, judicial branch or whatever, like or or, or exec, uh, legislative branch, what you're doing is outside of the constitution. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what this judge does to remedy this. Um, yeah, I, I like and Azar and Nielsen's only defense would be like. Hey, the law is fucked. I, I can't comply with this because the law is fucked. I can't comply with this because I fucked up. I don't know how to reunite these kids with their parents. Yeah, but they could say based on our resources and the way the law is written, you know, they could throw Trump under the bus if it like means keeping them out of jail for contempt. I, I don't think they would. I, boy, it's a mess. I mean... And there is a legal remedy. They can come back and say, we need a continuance, which they have said, but they haven't said we need a continuance because we fucked this up so badly. And here's our plan. To we remedy don't it. know 
how to do the, what you're asking us to do. We literally don't know how to reunite these people with their families. We don't know. We just don't know where they are. We don't know who they are. We're going to have to submit like massive DNA testing to figure it out. Um, and we don't know how to do that. And yeah, they're, they're, but they're and never going to admit that. This has to be a bigger scandal than Bush and Katrina. I, I mean, the, yeah, it has to be. And And then there was a, a very heartbreaking uh, series that came out in ProPublica yesterday explaining how many of the kids are victims of sexual abuse, sometimes by the, the guards and people hired there to oversee these facilities, sometimes by other kids because there's no oversight and there's no organization and there's no security. Uh, it, it's basically a humanitarian disaster of our own making. And, like, yes, we care, we're liberals and we're anti all this, but like many more have to care. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That came out yesterday. Uh, I don't. Many more people have to care a lot more. And I think a lot of people do care. I think a lot of people don't know what to do. Um, and again, we, we get to this thing with what, 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 what do I protest? What should I be mad about it Russia or you know, North Korea or Let's the economy or the tariffs? Just back up for a like these kids are already separated from their families uh-huh. and they're separated from their families because they were fleeing something that was so awful that they having left that a- their Terror. Parents decided that the best course of action would be to take an incredibly difficult journey mm-hmm. that's dangerous. Yes. To come to a place to seek asylum. And when that happened, they were then separated from their parents. And then imprisoned and then sexually abused. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how much worse it gets. I just don't um, want to like talk about it. Like that's not uh, well, the here- worst pos- possible outcome. That like I just, it's just, it's it's unimaginable. Like, and also of course because when you have people that you don't consider people. Mm-hmm. And you have people that are so marginalized that no one even knows that they're there. Then um, abuse of those people is really easy. And it's really easy to get away with. And it's really easy to convince yourself that for some people, I guess, I don't understand this, but that like they're not really people. They don't really matter and no one cares about them. So no one will know that I did this thing. Yeah. And or if they do, no one will advocate on their behalf. Right. Or no one will leave them. Right. And when you have systems like this that exist, this is necessarily the outcome. I mean, every single time it always is. And that's what happens when you dehumanize populations. Mm-hmm. And that's something that we have done as a country right now. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing right now. And I think we all need to take a minute and recognize that that's what's happening. Is that asylum seekers from South and Central America coming to this country are not seen as human beings and are being treated as such. 
and the abuses that are happening to them are real and happening and they're going to continue to happen. And we did that. This country, our country did that and is doing it. And that's not something to be glossed over. That's, that's a real human rights violation and crisis that's happening. And that's why it's happening. And it's historical in so many ways. Yeah. Here's the thing, guys, right? When we, when we were try to explain the risk of allowing these people to control every branch of government and, and not, not just going with the idea of, of protest voting and purity and all the other things, because we, we, we understood some of the risks because we, we, us being political nerds and junkies and paying too close attention to this stuff Mm -hmm. means unfortunately, like we know some things that, maybe some other people are not privy to understand because they don't eat, sleep and breathe this stuff the way we do. Cause we're maniacs or whatever you want to say. And when someone like Stephen Miller got put in a high, high uh, position in the white house and we knew who this guy was and what he did, we couldn't just shrug and say, Oh, he's some conservative young guy. Like there's a big difference here. Like this is, this matters. This is frightening. This is, this is going to end badly. people's lives, right? And maybe you as the like white middle-class American citizen listening to this, which is probably what you are considering our audience, thought that like maybe it would be cleansing or maybe we would all learn a lesson or all those arguments that were made in 2016 about not voting for Hillary, but um, what we've been yelling and screaming about for the last two years is that, y'all, we have so much privilege. And maybe you voted the right way, maybe not, but it doesn't matter at this point. Like, elections have consequences. And what we're looking at right now is that People didn't understand that maybe, you know, you're not going to have your kid ripped away from you and put in a fucking camp and you're going to go to another country and never see that person again. But that's what's happening in our country right now as a result of an election. And that's really where it boils down. And I hate to harp on this, but it's true. If anyone out there believes for if anyone out there can make an argument to me that this would be happening right now. That kids would be separated from their parents, put in cages, and sexually assaulted by guards because they sought asylum in our country under Hillary Clinton. Make the argument. But I don't believe that's true. And I don't think anybody else believes it either. We have allowed the rot and decay of, of bigotry and hatred and racism and nationalism to infect our democracy and we're looking at the results of that and I don't know how we come back from it I don't know and yeah I don't know I don't know if we ever do but the best thing the only remedy that I see right now is 
two things. Direct political action. You know, if you're white, and if you're a man especially, but if you're white, put your body in front of things. You know? Try to stop things from happening. And two, the very least you can do as a citizen of this country, if you find these things to be as awful as they are, is to try to vote a different party into power. And I'm not saying the Democrats are perfect. They're not. But there is a difference. And I think the lived experience of the Trump administration has made us all think the argument is gone forever, Mm -hmm. that there isn't a difference, that there's a lesser of two evils. That may be true. It's a lesser of two evils, but it's lesser. And we would not be looking at what we're looking at right now if people didn't vote for Donald Trump. We would just, I think, objectively would not be looking at that. And that's some soul searching that all of us white people have to do because white people elected Trump. That's the truth. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we, it is, this is on us. We elected this man. And we have to do some serious soul searching to figure out how to make that not happen ever again. Yeah, and the, the scary part is now this is a template that every... Republican presidential hopeful going forward and congressperson is going to follow. Yeah. Because it worked in in a, in a year. It can't work anymore. It can't. We we had eight years of, I mean, it's a perfect storm, right? We had eight years of Obama. We were all safe and comfy and happy. There's an entire generation of kids that never knew uh, anything but him that gets to vote. Mm-hmm. And... Hillary Clinton was so vilified. She was the first female, first woman to ever ascend to that height to have a possibility of becoming the president. And a mix of misogyny and racism and classism got us here. And the only way forward that I can see is dismantling all of that. And all of that starts with recognizing it and talking about it. And at very least, like, looking at yourself and self-reflecting about, like, how you've contributed to a world in which Donald Trump is the president and kids are being sexually assaulted in cages and no one cares. Yeah. Because we're responsible for that, white folks. It's not anybody else. We are responsible for that. Even if you didn't vote for him. Like, white supremacy is responsible for where we are. And we got to look at that and take ownership of it in a way that makes us really uncomfortable, but we got to do it. In terms of what is happening here, it, we, we do have to do more than yell at the TV and hope things yes. improve. Like there, there does. You mentioned direct action. Like yes. we need direct action. Yes. Whether that's if you if you have any money to spare and donating it to the people who are trying to reunite the kids with mm-hmm. the parents or the legal defense funds, which is a big mm-hmm. deal. Uh, to for, for which a lot we're of very parents. close to yes yes um, there there are things you can do and if it's not monetary then you there are other ways you can donate your time yeah. especially if you live in a big metropolitan area well where especially some of these, if there's a geo center near you yes um, there's a lot you can do that's not monetary and a lot of it is really time intensive so I'm a part of this group um, out of a local organization called Casa de Paz. And they do a lot of work around um, getting people out of jail so they can be reunited with their kids in Denver. Mm-hmm. And I get emails a lot from them that are like, I need you to go bail somebody out of jail. 
we'll provide the bail money and you don't have to be like their personal recognizant, right? You just have to like go and do it. But it's from nine to three on a Tuesday. Yeah. Like that's hard and people work, mm-hmm. right? But the bond money comes from people who don't have nine to three. So if you don't have nine to three to go sit at a jail, which is not fun, but would be super rewarding if you got somebody out of jail, trust me. You know, some of the bonds are as low as like 150 bucks. Some of them are as high as like 2,500. Every little bit helps. And the fact that like we talked about, I think last week or the week before, it's a self-funding fund. So as long as that person shows back up to court, that money gets put back into the fund to help somebody else. Mm -hmm. So you're not paying for somebody to get out of jail. You're paying for them to get out of jail and then that money gets replenished back to the source so that we can get more people out of jail. Right. And getting people out of jail is the, the first step to getting them reunited with their kids. That's they that's the administration's like sort of party line is we can't have people in jail and kids in jail. So we put kids one place and parents in jail. So if we can get the kids out of jail, then they don't really have an argument anymore mm-hmm. because they can be with their parents. So any time or money or um there's other things you can do too like provide like make a casserole you know or like do you have a car that you're not using or you know gas money like there's things that you can do that don't require a lot of money or time that would really help these organizations and i would urge you to reach out to them and figure out what it is that you have the capacity to do, whether it's time or money, to help these people. What are some of the names of these organizations? So I don't know nationwide. I know RACES, R-A-I-C-E-S, is the one in Texas that got like $12 million, which is more than they'll ever need. And if you um, go to their site, I bet they'll refer you to other right. sites. Right. In Colorado, it's Casa de Paz, P-A-Z, um, that is doing a lot of the really good work on the ground here. Um, I don't think that anybody knows much about them other than like they're bailing people out and reuniting them with their kids and and feeding them dinner and having them have a place to stay in a shower and like um a private room and then like putting them on a bus with fare to wherever their families are here or somewhere that they can be mm-hmm. or finding a place for them here if they don't have a place to be um they're a really great organization casa de paz so c-a-s-a-d-e-p-a-z dot uh, org here in Denver um, if you're in Colorado or if you just want to help because we have a geo center here in Colorado it's in Aurora um, and there's uh, hundreds of people that are locked up there that we're trying to release um, for people like me who have a nine to five job I, I can't just like take a day off work and go sit at a jail mm-hmm. for six hours you know um, but if you're retired or you know unemployed or uh, have a weird work schedule because you're like a nurse and you have Tuesdays off or something like this is a real thing that you can do and it doesn't cost you any money it just means that you go down there and you have money that the organization provides you and just wait till they process this person and then you take them and you reunite them with their kid and it's pretty amazing um, but there are real direct actionable items that you can do mm-hmm. to help and and there are things and it feel even in this situation especially I feel like People feel really outraged, but feel like really like, what the fuck can I possibly do to help? And there are real, this is one of those things that are real actionable things that you can do. Yeah. Pivoting to politics real quick. There's been 
sort of fake controversy of, well, do we want to use the abolish ICE hashtag or not? Oh, and my then God. Somebody came, like, fine, abolish ICE. And if it doesn't ultimately lead to actually abolishing the agency, the, the, the point is we have to stop what's happening. And we're all on the same page about that. And to Kager's point, for candidates, I mean, first of all, fuck ICE. Mm-hmm. Fuck them. And Denver is a really specific test case for them because they like come into our courthouses where people are required to go for court dates mm-hmm. and they arrest them in those courthouses against the request of our mayor, of our judges, of our governor, and of our entire state representation. They do it anyway because federalism. Mm-hmm. So fuck ICE and abolish ICE. And let's just be really clear here. Abolish ICE is not a controversial thing to say. No. If you don't want it to be. It's very defensible. Even in red states. Right? And to Kegro's point, or maybe it was Greg, whether you say abolish ICE or you don't say abolish ICE, the right's going to attack you that you said it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. So fucking say it. If you resist any of this... Then you love MS-13 and yes. you, you want open borders. Love which, by the way, I want open borders. Yeah. Can I just say that? Yeah. What the fuck? It's all arbitrary. We made it up. And most of the entire world, if not the entire world, is just a colonial experiment in white people being awful. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, open borders. Right? And open borders is sort of like, for me, school integration. If you make everyone be able to go everywhere, then the people with the most power will make sure that wherever they are is livable. Mm -hmm. And that will also be the place where other people are whose lives were not previously livable. Right. Right? So yes, I'm for open borders and fuck ICE and abolish them immediately. And I think the Democrats should come out pretty strongly on that. They won't. They're very afraid of spooking, uh, and it's it's people that aren't anywhere near a border too. Right, usually. that's like in the, the Midwest. Part. And, it's like people in Ohio are like, we don't open borders, and I'm like, you're in Ohio. <laughs> There's no border anywhere near you. What yeah, are you worried about? Nebraska. And, yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, the the you'll see it's they can't quite go there, or so they think. But and They're that's why be and that's why they don't on like it anyway though. Yeah. Nobody's like, going to believe them. Well, can't we just say reform ICE? No. And it's like, no, that no. doesn't have the same no. impact. It doesn't have the same no. connotation. Reform it to do what? To be not ICE. Right. So just let's <laughs> get rid of it. Maybe that's the answer. Yeah. I mean, it's very new, right? That's what the media keeps saying. Like, Well, even, even o- Ocasio, uh, who is the like, yeah. she's become the new the litmus new test of, of everything. Mm-hmm. Well, no, she's the litmus test for everything yeah. now. Yeah. Even she says, I'm not saying we need to get rid of borders. Right. I'm just saying, fuck this agency. That's right. That is. And like, what is there to argue about with that? Right. There's literally nothing. I mean, if you live in a place like we live in and you watch what happens in our city, like there is no argument for getting the fuck rid of these people. There is no argument. They go on the fucking light rail, ununiformed, and start asking people for their IDs who are brown. Mm-hmm. And arresting people who don't have them. 
regardless of their citizenship, it is absolutely profiling. It is absolutely racist. It's absolutely anti-constitutional. And there's no oversight. And there's no oversight. Nobody cares. And the city of Denver and the state of Colorado has come out strongly and said, you're not allowed to fucking do that. And they're like, yeah, well, federalism. So we are. And they just do it. Like, I have a friend who's Venezuelan, and she is a citizen of the United States. But she carries her passport around with her. Her boyfriend has a copy of her passport, and her boss has a copy of her passport. And sometimes they don't even care about that. So that when she gets swooped up one of these days in one of these raids, because her English is a little bit broken, she understands me perfectly, but sometimes she can't find the right word Mm vocabulary-wise. When she gets swooped up, which will happen? She'll have three people who have her passport to provide to ICE. She may end up in Venezuela and have to come back from there, even though that's the measures that she's taking to protect herself. Mm -hmm. But it is fucking scary around here. Like, they don't give a shit. And they will arrest and interrogate anybody who's brown. And if you fight back in any way, you may end up dead. Well, they they just released... This guy in New York, a pizza delivery guy who came to deliver to an army base, I want to say. And the checkpoint person there didn't something about his ID and they came in and they they grabbed him and there was a big outcry and he finally got released. And then there was a Mexican journalist who uh, got who was waiting and he was waiting for his uh, asylum hearing and. It, it was something with the timing that if the first thing got denied, then he had to file this other paperwork, but they got him right before he could file the other paperwork and, mm-hmm. and he just got released. So like often, you know, not, not enough times, but oftentimes the, the pushback is working, but it just doesn't stop them. Right. And, you know, and we have stories of like real citizens and people who are standing up in the face of this. There was a bunch of German pilots who refused to fly airplanes yeah. out of Lufthansa in Germany, that airline, because the airplane was full of um, people who were set for deportation back to Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. And so the pilots just said, like, ah, I'm just not going to do that. Yeah. I'm just going to not do it. Yeah. And then, then what? I mean, as a citizen of the world, you have to think about what is your responsibility and what is your job. That and was a big lesson job, after World War II, right? Right. Like you can't just say I was following orders. Right. History and does not look kind look upon kindly that. kindly upon that. But it's not just like, oh, I was a part of the SS and just following orders. This is... Well, even normal I citizens who morally, showed up at rallies. Right. I am morally opposed to the deportation of people back to countries where they will likely be killed. Great. My job is to fly planes back to those countries full of deportees. Where do you draw the line? Yeah. And the line needs to be drawn at, I will not fly this fucking airplane full of people who are going to be deported back to a country where they were likely be killed. Some are. Because my job is not more important than 250 people's lives. Period. Right? We all have to draw the line somewhere. So So I guess what I'm saying is, y'all, let's start drawing the line. Yeah. I don't know what your job is. I don't know where you work. I don't know what you do. But let's start drawing the line and let's start saying this shit is not okay. And I'm not going to participate and or be complicit in other people's oppression. Yeah, now's the time for civil disobedience. It is. And you know what? You might get arrested. You might. And that will suck, right? 
And if you do, you know, contact us. Um, but a lot of people got, I mean, Martin Luther King Jr.'s letters from Birmingham jail are as impactful as they are because he was as amazing as he was and because he was in fucking jail when he wrote them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people with a lot of privilege have to put that privilege on the line so that other people who don't have as much are not as oppressed. Yep. And this is that time. It certainly is. Uh, so switching gears a little bit, Sean Spicer wrote a book. <laughs> oh my God, does anyone care? Does anyone even remember who he is except for like weird wonks <laughs> like us? Are they like, oh, he was the puffy guy? <laughs> the puffy pasty guy on the news for a while? Who, who hid in the bushes again? that one who night? Hid in the bush- People don't remember. At all. Well, his book tour has been going really, really well. He, he was on the BBC and literally got scolded like a bad child and, and looked like just humiliated and flabbergasted. Why would he do that? Why would he think that was a safe place to go? And then he, he was supposed to have no, this big book idiots. signing events, oh my God. book signing event somewhere in Massachusetts, like his hometown. And it got canceled, they say, for security reasons, mm-hmm. but probably because mm-hmm. like no they, one, no one was going to show up. Uh-huh. Like they knew like, dude, no one's going to show up. This is going to look terrible. Like, okay, okay. Say there was a death threat or something like, I don't know if that really is the case. Nobody but. cares. Yeah. Don't, does anybody Nobody hate cares. Sean Spicer enough? Nobody to, cares. Were gonna, <laughs> work there like nobody cares but like his book was like something like i was great and trump was great or i don't know it's just vapid nonsense uh and it was it was really poorly edited and fact-checked like it called the christopher Steele dossier it said the christopher Steele dossier was written by michael Steele. (laughs) is that a joke (laughs) no no you're not fucking i'm not fucking with you (laughs) former rnc chair and it referred to some press. He doesn't know the difference between at some press conference to, that's supposed to show Obama's badge was the press conference from 1999. Oh of course, God. Obama only became president in 2009. I mean, he wrote it in like four days on coke with like his buddy, <laughs> right? So who cares? Quick crash cash grab book about how great Trump is, whatever. Right. Just, so maybe like. He can like, you know, give him another BJ at some point. Like, who knows? Who cares? I, I don't care. Like, really maybe he'll hope. rehire me as like, you know, get coffee guy. I don't know. Why? Who cares? Who cares? Well, he's not the only one uh, that used yeah. to work at the White House who's, right. who, White House who's writing a book. Uh, who else is writing a book, Omarosa. Rachel? <laughs> and her her publicist her publicist wasn't very mild her publicist didn't say like yeah it'll be some inside dirt and whatever he said it was going to be quote, quote explosive jaw dropping if you were a publicist and you didn't say that then you would be fired yeah so she's going to be like Trump's an <laughs> asshole and we're going to be like yep <gasps> Oh my! She's gonna be like, he's a narcissist who eats fucking steaks. Well done with ketchup, and we'll be and like, he's, I know he's racist, and he's racist. And he, he grabbed my and butt, he totally and he grabbed said my tits, N-word. and said the n word in front of me multiple times. And we were like, yep, <laughs> yeah. And you and? fucking worked for him. What do you want? And then you were literally a reality star who worked in the White House, who was forcibly removed by a general <laughs> who's also a garbage person. Why do I want to talk about like I don't even want to talk about right? She'll, she'll pretend that like she history was just of so the White House horrified. I mean, no, you worked. No, you were complicit. 
Oh, yeah. No, she was forced out. She was frog marched out of the building. Yes. Because John Kelly probably realized she was utilizing White House space and uh, White clearances. House clearances to like sell, promote her like line of shoes or something. Like literally right. that's but what was happening. But then also Trump, by the way, just like had Janine Pirro in his office and was promoting her book, which is illegal, <laughs> but no one cares. No, oh, come on. We're so past that. Are you kidding me? It's oh. literally illegal. Can we just take a minute though? That's literally illegal. Yes. Not like it matters or anyone cares. I would just like to say that's illegal. Two related things. So that's it. Uh, the Ivanka Trump line of stuff <laughs> yes, is going under or bankrupt or something. <laughs> so good. Uh, oh my God. Yeah. This is like sweater, right? Marshall's. Really nice sweater from Marshall's, which was initially $64. But if you got it at like the Marshall's rack, it was $39. Now it's on clearance for $1. $1. And, and it nobody, just says Ivanka Trump. Nobody wants to, to buy it. And it's a it. very nice sweater. Yeah. But who wants to wear like Nazi sweaters? I don't. Yeah, I'd buy it and give it to a homeless person. Something. No. No, I'd buy a different thing. I don't want them wearing <laughs> Nazi sweaters. Nobody should wear Nazi sweaters. I'm going to give her a literal fucking red scent. Nothing. Well, that's what happened, right? Like the, the name became so toxic that, you know, yeah, Marge. Like her business is failing is what's happening. Marge, Marga Marge can only buy, afford so much Ivanka Trump shit. Right. And my generation of women is what used to prop up her brand. And let me tell you, <laughs> even those of us who voted for him, which there was a disturbing amount of, not nearly the 53% of overall white women, but. Uh-huh. A disturbing amount of us voted for Donald Trump. Um, not me, Obs. Um, have completely like fuck her, fuck her, fuck her brand of like fake feminism, fuck her brand of like zero intersectionalism, fuck her like weird daddy complex. Like none of it is happening. <laughs> no, no. So she's lost her really core market, which yeah. is women that are my age, and they're never ever ever and coming white. Back. No, 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 no. She like she ruined her business when she tied herself to daddy, for sure. She's yeah. done. She will never be. Uh, there was also a case. There was a lawsuit uh, that, done by some people, academic types, for emoluments. And they, oh, yeah. Trump tried to get it thrown out, but it is going forward. I mean. So that's something to keep an eye on. It's the weird things that take presidents down, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is. This shouldn't a, be a weird thing, though. This is I a mean, big deal. But it's like, what I mean by that is like, yes, and it's constitutional and it is right and it's probably the thing that will take him down, maybe. But there's so much explosive shit around him that it feels like the emoluments clause thing is like not that big a deal. I mean, it is a really big deal. To me, it all kind of ties in. But it's like, oh, the thing where he's like a brand and is using the... It's more than the that. The literal it, country to to promote his brand, promote and, his and, brand, and and gain riches. But it's more than that. But, but, it just seems like a yeah, a but the, perverse the, version of capitalism. The purpose right? of emoluments was that even, it, it, like the founding fathers, even understood capitalism enough to say like, okay, these monetary interests, if you don't separate yourself from mm-hmm. them. Like they could be a conflict of interest for what's in the, mm-hmm. for the good of the country. Right. Right. And, and Trump kind of looked at that and was like, fuck it. What are they going to do? Right. And for the most part, he's been right. Cause yep. nobody's done anything. No. Congress certainly hasn't. No. 
Courts haven't yet. Right. And the Supreme Court, he's probably wouldn't at this point. Um, so, but now the suit is going forward. And he didn't die. He said he was going to divest from a bunch of these different things that would have been well, perceived as a potential conflict. And he, he said didn't. he was going to do like a complicated version of divesting and giving them to his kids. But, but he didn't even do kids, that. Right. He, he didn't, didn't even, even do, that. do that. And the kids he was supposed to give it to are part of his cabinet, essentially. <laughs> so, like, none of it happened. Yeah. Right? Like, he didn't give up any of it. Yeah. At, at a certain and point, so, he was just like, I don't think, no, who cares? I don't cares? think anybody cares. Like, I banged a fucking porn star and nobody cares. Who cares about emoluments, right? Yeah, I grabbed pussies and I grabbed it on pussies tape. and I, like, I literally, it came out that I fucking banged a porn star while my wife was pregnant and then paid her off to stop talking about it and no one cares. So like, do you really think they care if I did divested from my money? Like American people are stupid. The thing is though, he's right. Right. But also the constitution doesn't say anything about banging porn stars while you're married. (laughs) Right. Like that's not part of like the amendments or anything. It's not in there that like, Thou shalt not like bang a porn star and pay her off with campaign money. Well, the campaign money part, but like thou shalt not like, you know, amendment two is like no president shall be banging porn stars and paying them off weeks before the election in order to hush them. That's not part of the, so like it's not really illegal what he did. You're allowed to pay people off to not talk. Yeah. That's, that's a legal activity. Legal. Well, unless it's a campaign unless contribution. It's a campaign contribution, which it probably was. Yes. And so that's a different thing. But so okay. But that's that's harder to prove. The emoluments clause is literally a clause of the Constitution that says like presidents and people in government cannot use their status and presence as government officials to benefit themselves financially. Well, let, let's get let's give give people an example, right? Right. I'm I'm ninety five percent sure you had to sign one of these whenever I've reached worked in research i've had to sign a conflict of interest form right yeah oh, oh yeah. well it's way more complicated when you work in the law sure but even for my me it was it was hefty it was like 10 pages and i had to check a mm-hmm. lot of boxes yep. that said i don't own stock in this i'm not going to do that i'm not going to do this i'm not going to do that and if i got caught doing any of that i'd probably get fired and or sued yes, uh, because both. because it, it it someone might contend that I was biased because I had a financial stake in the outcome of this research I was doing. That's in the research world. So in the like, law world, I don't know how it works. Oh my God. So much worse. I mean, so much more complicated. So like coming from a law firm to the corporate place that I work now, still in the legal department, there's all these questions about like, I'm not going from one firm to another. So it's a little bit easier because I'm not saying like, was this firm representing this person and now uh-huh. going to a firm who represents their adversary, right? Right. That gets really complicated. But still, there was a lot of, they had to do what we call a conflict check to find out if the people that, the, the, the lawyers that I worked for and the clients that they represented, if I would have inside information about them that would conflict with the inside information I would now have access to right. at the new place that I work. Right. And that's a really complex process. And like, it's taken very seriously. Yeah. In the research world too. So the, the point yeah. is we are, we were low, we are, or were low level people in these right. organizations, right. but we, they care about our conflicts of interest and mm-hmm. our monetary conflicts of interest. Yeah. But the president of the United States, leader of the free world, eh, fuck it, whatever. Who cares? Who cares? He doesn't that's have to divest fine. anything. 
So we're just about any time about out of time. Closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Um, I don't know. I guess my closing thought this week, I've been having a lot of really thoughtful conversations this week. And I would say that while everything is certainly garbage um, and the (laughs) world is trash, that a good thing to do is to look around you and think about the things that are good and focus on them because that's a really good way to get through the kind of like just garbage dump heap that we get every single day. Mm-hmm. Um, and stay close to the good people in your life. Please do. It really like that's where we all have to come together as community and the people in our lives that matter and that are good and like developing communities intentionally is something that I think we all have to think about because I think we might not be a country in the next couple of years. So thinking about your communities and thinking about who people are and who matter to you, I think is more important now than ever. On that note, join our online community at Reverend Duo on Twitter, Reverend Testimony at gmail.com. Stay active, stay tuned, stay involved, and we will talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you.